to Maranatha Christian Assembly Podcast, where we bring you the Word of God wherever you are. We pray that you be blessed by God's Word this week. Dear Heavenly Father, we just commit to you this time, even as we preach this morning on this uh, message called uh, Beloved. I pray, Lord, that uh, you begin to give us that kingdom identity that comes from you. Uh, we pray, Lord, that even as your message goes forth, uh, it will touch lives, uh, that, that lives will be transformed as we return to the kingdom identity that you have given to each one of us as your beloved child of God. Uh, we pray that you bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, uh, this, this morning, even as I preach uh, this message, uh, the date for today, actually, uh, of this message is 5th of Feb, 2022. Okay, so that's the date. Uh, and the first COVID case in Singapore was actually 23rd Jan, 2020. So we are in this pandemic for more than two years, even as I preach. Uh, and there's no end uh, in sight. Uh, there's now what we call the pandemic fatigue. Okay, the pandemic fatigue. What is the pandemic fatigue? Uh, it means people are actually generally quite sick and tired of the restrictions. They are tired uh, uh, frustrated with all the restrictions and the lack of hope is actually rising uh, in the people in Singapore and the rest of the world. Uh, and mental health issues, sleep issues, unemployment issues are still what we are battling today, even after two years. And there is this young generation that is called the Generation COVID. Who is this generation COVID? They are a young generation who has been adversely affected uh, in terms of their physical health, uh, their psychological health, their social health, their mental health, as well as their academic health. Uh, and this, this damage will play out in the years to come. As we look at this pandemic, we do not fully understand why did God allow for this global pandemic uh, that rocked the world. The only thing that we know is that God is good and God is powerful. In the midst of this crisis, we can either run to God or we can run away from God. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this. He says, Pain insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our consciousness, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. How true, how true. It is in this crisis that many will either turn away from God or they'll hear that megaphone and run towards God. And it's often in difficult times that Satan will take full advantage uh, and is there to sow lies, is there to shake our faith so that we can move away from God. It is in time of crisis that our identity as a child of God will be shaken. And how do we rise above uh, these lies in times of tribulation and trials? Well, this morning, even as I preach this message, it's very close to my heart. It is my life message. Uh, is this big idea of how do we be secured as God's beloved child to overcome the lies of Satan. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist. 
And God declares from heaven that Jesus was the beloved Son of God, whom God is well pleased. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he was baptized by John the Baptist. Uh, and let's read the passage from Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, where it says, But when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said this, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This declaration is significant because, firstly, it was a public declaration. Everybody that was there uh, heard it. Second, is that Jesus uh, has not even started His ministry. He has not done any miracles at all. And yet, God declared over Him that Jesus was that beloved Son of God. It means that the status as a beloved Son of God or a beloved child of God has nothing to do with something that you earn through your hard work or through your merit, but it's something that is bestowed upon us uh, by God's grace. The word for beloved is this Greek word called agapetos. Okay, agapetos is, uh, the root word is agape. So agapetos actually means greatly loved and cherished one by God. Uh, and, and agape, it, it, is, it, is, it, it means loving as an act of the will. Agape means uh, unconditional love by God as an act of will, not by emotions, not whether we feel like it. Uh, and, and it is something that God has committed to do because we are His creation. It's not dependent on how good we are or dependent on how God feels on a particular day, but He's committed to us to love us and to cherish us. Uh, and that's what it means uh, by the word agapetos. So we are God's child by grace because God has chosen to bestow that title upon us. In John 1.12, it actually says this, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God. As we believe and receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, it says here, it is God who gave us the right to become children of God. It is a gift. It is by the grace of God. It's not something that we earn. Not only are we children of God, uh, it says uh, in the next uh, passage that we are God's beloved child. It's the same word that has been used in the baptism scene. Uh, it says here, in 1 John 3, 1-2, it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. So this same word, beloved, is found in the baptism uh, scene uh, and, and it's found here. The, the same word, agapetos, is found here. We are called beloved. We are God's children now. And God has lavished on us this great love to be called not just His children, but His beloved child. And after God has declared Jesus to be His beloved Son at His baptism, what happened next? Jesus began His public ministry. And Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tested uh, by Satan. He was tested by Satan as he fasted 40 days and 40 nights 
in the wilderness. You must understand that Jesus was fully God and fully man. So his temptation was real. His suffering uh, was real. He was targeted by Satan to shake his identity as a beloved son of God so that his relationship with God is put to the test. Jesus needed to pass the test of putting God first above the needs of his flesh. Jesus needed to be assured of his identity as a beloved son unconditionally before he began his ministry to serve others. Before we serve God in ministry, it is important that we also get our identity in Christ right. Because Satan will come and tell us, hey, we're not good enough. We need to prove ourselves. Satan will come before us uh, and, and tell us uh, to serve him uh, with the wrong motives. So we have to get our motives right before we serve God, just as Jesus did. And there are three motives, there are three wrong motives that we often serve God with, which I myself is also guilty. The first wrong motive is we serve God to please Him. We serve God to please Him. It sounds like a good motive, but actually many a times, I myself, we, I serve God to, 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 to make God love me more. I serve God so that He will bless me more. Uh, so am I trying to please God? Yes, I'm trying to please God. But at the end of it, at the, behind my motives is to, so that God can love me more and bless me more. And I used to serve God too. Second wrong motive, to please others. So that others can praise me, so that others can affirm my abilities. That's the second wrong motive. The third wrong motive is I used to serve God to please myself. You know, to show that I'm capable, I'm better than others. So these are the wrong uh, motives that we serve God, uh, and, and I myself is guilty of it. So this message is actually my life message, and I always want to come back to this message to remind myself that I serve God out of a full heart. I serve God out of the unconditional love that I've, ex I've been accepted uh, by God, and I'm a beloved child of God, regardless of my ministry performance. We are all susceptible to the lies of Satan. When we are going through suffering, we are all susceptible to the lies of Satan when we want to serve God with all of our hearts. He will come down to us with three common lies to bring us down. Uh, so today in this, this message, I want to expose the three common deceptions or lies that Satan will use to rob us of our status as a beloved child of God. Okay, so what, what, what are these... Uh, three lies. The first lie that, that the enemy will come to us is this lie. It says, the first lie is this, this lie from Satan that says, how are you God's beloved child when you are not provided for? How are you God's beloved child when you are not provided for? Uh, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become bread. So Satan questioned why Jesus was hungry since he is the son of God. Satan questioned God as the provider. And Satan told Jesus that he could use his own power to provide for his legitimate need for food and drink. 
But what was Jesus' reply? Jesus replied this. Jesus replied that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was Jesus' reply. He refused to use his own power to make physical food when God's word clearly tells him to wait. He, he chooses to place spiritual food above physical food. Uh, and God knows that you need physical food. We all need physical food. But there is something more important than physical food uh, that sustains our material body. And the thing that's more important is the spiritual food that is the Word of God that sustains our soul. Not only is God going to provide you with physical food, He will also provide you with the spiritual food to fill your soul. So here Jesus is saying, no, God is my provider. He will feed my physical need. Not only that, He will feed my spiritual need. So many a times for many of us, when our basic physical needs are not met, like our need for food, housing, clothing, finances are in short supply, we'll be tempted to doubt whether God has provided for us. We'll be tempted not to wait or depend on God, but use our own power to make bread. We'll be tempted to depend on ourselves and our own performance to feed ourselves. We will place physical food above spiritual food. And that's why, uh, you know, many Christians will often use the excuse, hey, uh, I, I can't come to church, I can't go to small group uh, because of my work. I need to do my work first. But whenever we do that, basically we are saying, we are succumbing to that temptation to put physical food above spiritual food. So that is the temptation. Whenever uh, our needs are not being met, we will question or doubt whether God is really the provider of our lives. Maybe in this pandemic, you have lost your job, you have a drop in income or you have a financial difficulty uh, and Satan is whispering in your ears, hey, God loves others more than you. Hey, God has forgotten about you. Hey, you're not provided because you have sinned or you do not have enough faith. You're not good enough. Those negative thoughts will come but you need to recognize that it is a lie. Uh, and the promises of God is this, uh, where Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. Do not worry whether what you eat, what you wear, because God clothed the lilies of the field. He feeds the sparrows of the air, how much more valuable are you? So this is the promise of God. As we put Him first, God promises to take care of our physical need. We'll never be in lack. Uh, for myself as well, I've seen the provision of God. Uh, even as a pastor, you know, uh, my wife is a homemaker for uh, the first 12 years of, of my children's uh, growing up years as a homemaker. So it can be very challenging you know, uh, on, on a single pay to feed uh, five mouths. Uh, but, but through these 12 years, you know, God has miraculously blessed and provided 
uh, all the needs of my family. You know, uh, God has provided through through people, through church members. God has provided through financial assistance. Uh, and God has, has proven that in these 12 years, we were never in lack. In fact, we have more than we need. Uh, so God's promise is always true. As we put Him first, God will meet our needs. As we put Him first, uh, God will take care of what we wear and what we eat. This is God's promise. God is our provider. The second lie that the enemy will come to us in times of crisis, uh, in times of need, uh, is this lie where he says, how are you God's beloved child when you are not protected? You know why? How are you God's beloved child when you are not protected? Uh, in verse 5, it says, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. It says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Here, Satan is asking Jesus to test the father's love for him by jumping down the temple. It is a test of God's protection of him as a son of God. But what, how does Jesus reply? Jesus replied this. He says, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, he's saying, God is your protector. God is my protector. So what Jesus is saying is that I do not need to test God whether He will protect me or not. Jesus is saying He knows that God will. He knows His Father despite His circumstances, despite His adversity, despite the suffering that He's going through, He, knew, he knows who God is and He will not test God the Father. Maybe in this pandemic, uh, you are facing some kind of a loss. You know, it could be the loss of your physical health. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a relationship. It could be a loss uh, of even your mental health. You have lost something precious. And Satan is whispering into your ears this lies where he says, how can you be God's beloved child? when you are not protected. That is the lie that the enemy is whispering in our ears. But it's only in adversity that we find out whether we know God or not. It's only in crisis can we say and truly know whether God is our protector, whether God is the one uh, who will bring us through uh, times of crisis. So this morning, are you sure of your God that He is faithful and true to protect you. And what is God's promise and truth in this area? Uh, Jesus says this in John 16 verse 33. He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus does not tell, uh, tell us that Christianity is a bed of roses. He warns us that in this world, you will have tribulation. 
He tells us that we live in a broken world and a broken body. But in Christ, we can have peace in the storm. And we know that Christ has already overcome the world. What does it mean? It means that Christ has overcome death and suffering of this present world and is going to bring us to a world without death, without suffering. So Christians are not excused uh, from, from tribulation, from suffering, but we are assured that God is our protector. I think for myself, in the lowest point of my ministry, I remember in 2013, when I was serving God, you know, uh, based on three wrong motives, you know, uh, serving to please God, please others, and please myself. Uh, I, was, I was serving God out of the wrong motives and I fell into depression because of ministry stress. I remember for six months in 2013, uh, I was going through uh, insomnia. Uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, I always wake up at 3, 4 o'clock. I was suffering from uh, a lack of uh, appetite. You know, I couldn't eat properly. Uh, food didn't taste as good. I had, had no motivation uh, to meet people. But yet, ministry had to carry on. I was still pastoring. I was still preaching. And it was, it was, a, it was a difficult time uh, in my life. And I remember at the climax of that depression, I was driving my family uh, down the uh, AYE, the expressway, uh, from Jurong all the way to my home in the afternoon at about 4 plus. I remember at the driver's seat, uh, I fell asleep on the wheel, on the fastest lane of the expressway, I fell asleep. Uh, and the next moment I opened my eyes was when my car hit the taxi in front of me. The side of my car was scratched by the railings and I hit the taxi. But the amazing thing is that in this accident, there was no one injured. No one in the taxi in front, no one in my car. At the fastest lane, God protected my family protected the, the passengers in the taxi. So it was a miracle. But it was a wake-up call to keep reminding me to come back to this message to tell me, hey, why am I serving? Am I serving for myself, for others? Who am I serving? Why am I doing this? And I come back to this message once again that it is God's unconditional love. It is His identity that has bestowed on us on me as a beloved child of God, despite my performance that I ought to serve from. And from it, I experienced the peace of God and I understood uh, why I am serving God. So that is the second uh, lie that comes from the enemy, that we are not protected. But we know that God is our protector. And the third lie that comes from the enemy uh, is this lie where it says, how are you God's beloved child? when you are not prosperous. When you are not prosperous. In verse 8, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he says, All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Satan wanted to offer Jesus all the worldly possessions and splendor in exchange of worship of Him. This was Satan's offer of an easy shortcut to being the king of the world without needing to go to the painful cross. 
What does, what does Jesus say? He says this. He says, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. So Jesus is saying, God is your prosperity. God is my prosperity. Jesus is saying, I will not bow my knees to you, Satan, or to prosperity. I will only bow my knees to God and serve Him only. Jesus is declaring that God is better than all the prosperity in the world. And true prosperity is only found in God. Obedience brings true prosperity that is stored in heaven, uh, that will not be stolen and it will not fade away. I think for many of us, uh, you know, the world would measure us according to success markers of the world. And uh, it, it, Christians are not excused. Christians are influenced by these same success markers. And what are these success, success markers? Uh, it is your goal, your glory, and, and the girls. Okay? So it's, it's, it's dependent on the success marker of goal. How much are you earning? How much, uh, where are you staying? Are you staying in a condo, in a HDB or London? What car are you driving? Glory is your career position. Glory is how powerful uh, are you in this world. And girls is the relationships that you have. You know, uh, who do you marry? What kind of people do you marry? Do you, uh, do you have a beautiful family, beautiful spouse? Uh, so these are the success markers that Christians also adopt for themselves unknowingly. So when, when, when some of these success markers are not evident in our lives, we begin to question, hey, I thought, you know, when I serve God, when I worship Him, I follow Him, God is supposed to bless me in these three areas. But how come, you know, other people, my colleagues, my friends, they are doing better in life? And we begin to question, am I loved by God? Begin to question, you know, does, does God love my neighbour better? Begin to question, is there a, a sin in my life? Is, is God practising favouritism? Uh, why am I uh, not as successful as my neighbour? But what is God's word uh, and God's promise given to us? God's word and promise where Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Uh, uh, Satan's objective for you to chase after these success markers is so that he can kill, steal and destroy your life at the end of the day. But Jesus came that you may have life and have it abundantly. So only in Jesus do we experience the abundant life that comes from Him. This word abundant means more than enough, more than expected. Uh, it is not a, a miserable life. It is a life full of love, joy, peace. It is a life full of uh, His eternal life and salvation. It is better than anything money can buy. I think for myself, I experienced that uh, in, in 2020. You know, uh, uh, people say, you know, pandemic started, you know, God is absent, you know, God is, uh, is absent from the church. God is not doing anything. But in 2020, I experienced uh, God answering a prayer that I've been praying for the last 30 years, uh, which is my parents' salvation. And in 2020, I had the opportunity to, you know, share Christ with them. Uh, and, and after I shared Christ with them, uh, they came to the Lord. It was an amazing, amazing news. 
Uh, and it's, it is a joy that is, is a happiness that is worth more than a million dollars. Uh, it is something uh, that only God can give. So God is our prosperity. God is our joy. And uh, there is nothing compared uh, to what God can give us that the world cannot give us. Theodore Roosevelt says this, the problem with us, the problem with us, why we are not happy, why we are uh, 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 comparing one another is that comparison itself is the thief of joy. We compare with others. We compare people who, are, uh, who, who seems to be more prosperous. We compare with others who seems to be uh, provided for, but we are not. We compare with others who didn't lose a loved one, uh, didn't lose something in their lives, and then we say, hey, maybe God doesn't love me as much. Maybe I am not God's beloved child. Other people are, but I am not. So the issue is the issue of comparison. And... And John Piper says, says this. He says that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. Means that the true prosperity, the true joy uh, is when we find our satisfaction in God and God alone. That is true prosperity. That is what it means when we say God is our prosperity. Uh, it, when, when, when we can do that, God feels the emptiness in our heart. God feels uh, the, the, the vacuum in our heart with His love, with His joy, with His peace. Uh, so, so in conclusion, as, as we close uh, the message uh, this morning, there is a lie that is floating around uh, in times of crisis. There's a lie that's floating around when we want to serve God with all our hearts. And this lie is a common lie that the enemy will come uh, to sabotage us, will come and whisper in our ears, will come uh, in our minds to wage warfare. And this lie is this, how are we God's beloved child when we are not provided for, when we are not protected, when we are not prosperous. We want to expose these lies uh, this morning. We want to put it to the light uh, and, and, and show uh, that it is not of God. Uh, that, that, that God comes to us and declares over our lives the lavishness of His love. God declares over our lives that we are God's beloved child. It's not something you earn, but something that God has bestowed upon us as a gift. So the truth from God's word, the truth from the mouth of Jesus is this, that He is our provider, He is our protector, and He is our prosperity. Uh, and you are God's beloved child. Let us pray. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to pray for us this morning. If you are here and uh, the enemy is whispering into your ears, hey, you are not good enough. 
enemy is whispering to your ear that you need to prove yourself worthy to receive God's love. You need to prove yourself worthy to serve me. God is coming to us to give us a new heart, a new status. God is declaring over you, just as He declared over Jesus at the baptism, that each one of you, each one of you is that beloved child in whom God is well pleased. Not because of what you have done, not because how good you are, but you have because you have chosen to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He has given us the right to be called children of God. He has given us the right to be called God's beloved. So that is who you are. That is your identity that the enemy cannot take away from you, cannot shake from your life because it is bestowed upon you by grace through faith. So this morning, if you are going through a crisis, this morning, if you, your provision is at stake, uh, where finances are at stake, I want to pray for you that God will provide for you as He had promised, as you seek Him and put Him first. I want to declare over your life that God is your provider. This morning, if you have lost something, you have lost your health, you have lost uh, due to cancer, you have lost your health due to many different things, you have lost your loved ones, you have lost something precious uh, in your life, maybe your mental health is affected. This morning, I want to declare over you, do not test God. Do not test God because God is your faithful Father. No matter what circumstances tell you, God has overcome the world. He will give you the peace that you need. He is for you. He is good and He is powerful. Uh, and He protects you all the way. He will bring you to a place where there is no more pain, no more suffering. That is God's promise because Jesus has overcome the world. You will have tribulation, but I will give you peace because Jesus has overcome the world. The last group of people, if you are here and, and uh, you are crying out to God because there is a spirit of comparison in your life, uh, when you begin to look left and right, you begin to compare with people, your peers, and you begin to feel shortchanged. You begin to feel that God is not blessing you as much as you sh He should. Uh, and, and you begin to blame God. You begin to, 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 to feel resentment towards God. But this morning, God wants to say to you that He has given you something mu much better than what the world can give you. God has given you that abundant life. God has given you uh, 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 that satisfaction that can only be found in Him. God has given you eternal life and salvation that the enemy cannot take away. That is priceless. Let God be your prosperity this morning as you give 
your heart back to Him. Uh, may He be the center of your life. So even as, as, as you go out to serve, as you are commissioned into ministry, just like Jesus before He started His ministry, God wants to come to you to affirm you that you do not need to prove anything. You are a child of God. You are the son of God. You are the daughter of God. And as you serve, God is backing you up. You do not need to do anything for acceptance because God has already accepted you unconditionally as his beloved child. So anoint you right now to be sent forth to serve with the right motives, O Lord. May God anoint you for His ministry. May you serve out of an overflow of your heart because God has declared over you that you are His beloved. So I pray for my brothers and sisters, I commit them to you uh, that truly their identity will be secured and rock solid even as they go forward, that despite circumstances, despite uh, the lines of the enemy, they will overcome, they will prevail and they will be sent forth into the ministry for your glory. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this series. We hope that you are blessed. If you would like to go deeper with us, head over to our website at maranatha.sg for more information.